are back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 1. This is our recap, and my name is Chris Barrows. My name is Dan Cummins. Chris, we started this podcast, I believe, let me look this up. I think it's it was June 24th, which means it's it's been almost exactly six months. It's taken us six months to cover one season. Now, I'm not complaining, but that's a lot of time for us to you know put our our best efforts forth right you and i both have day jobs uh you're a, a father a husband i'm getting married soon so the fact that we even got a season done i'm you know personally i'm really proud of us it's been a lot of fun hopefully people that have been listening uh, to this show have appreciated you know the, the insights that we've um put into it uh, i have a lot of fun doing this i have a beer next to me every time we record a podcast it's really fun to kind of unwind and talk about our favorite show so we did it, Chris. We made it. Yeah, we're here at the recap. And I will say, um, even as we go forward, one of the things I think we've talked about is trying to do kind of a two and one, two and one kind of deal. Get a few more episodes in per month. It does take time to record these and make sure they, they sound good and all that jazz. Um, obviously, uh, that's important. So uh, I think that is the goal as we talk about season two. So before we jump into our recap, just a heads up season two, we're going to come back at you in January, our first week that we drop, uh, which will be the, the start with the first Friday of January. Uh, we're going to drop two episodes. So we're going to start right there with episode one and two of season two and get you right into the action. And we're going to do that a little bit more throughout. Uh, we've heard the feedback. Some people wanted two episodes a week. We may eventually get there full time where it's two a week, two a week, two a week, but this is, I think, is a good way to start it. So just as a heads up for everyone, we're definitely looking at that. But Dan, we are here to talk about season one and really break down what we saw in this season and our overall impressions really is a great way to start. In this season, we see a lot happen. It's an introduction of a show. So it's in particular for a show, I think, when you're trying to give an impression of a season, this is the big one. This gets your attention, right? And there are a few shows, I think, that have slower first seasons that work i mean, you can even could argue say breaking bad has a a little bit of a slower first season mm -hmm. um shows uh are in that same universe actually uh better call Saul had a very slow first season for my taste this show in my particular opinion did not have a slow season at all jumps no. right in i think it gets going um obviously it's a longer show uh, than the ones i just mentioned but uh I, I love the jump it gets in. And my impression of the season is if I, aside from a few bad episodes, for the most part, this one hits me with a good episode pretty much every time out. There are exceptions. We don't really have a least favorite ep ep episodes section that we plotted after this. So I'll just say it. I could do it found bugs, obviously. <laughs> and uh, there's one other episode in there that I just find. I, I If it wasn't for honest to God, the mm. fact that it's, critical plot points i would never watch it um yeah. and i would skip it on another rewatch so there's two episodes i would cut out of this season really um for the most part i think there's some value in in the rest of them there's some slower ones but it is a really great first season uh and in terms of first seasons uh one of the better shows that i have watched in in my time um I'd say arguably the greatest first one of the greatest first seasons I ever saw was lost. So that's, that's one of the people can talk about the ending all they want. I actually like it, but um, uh, that's probably the great, greatest first season I ever saw. Supernatural's up there though. Um, I think this is a very strong first season and we just talked about the finale, Dan, it, it ends leaving you wondering what's happening next on that first experience. Yeah. This, this first season, Chris, um, 
I, I saw a, a poll on the subreddit and Chris, you and I have been contributing over there, sharing the podcast with the the fans of Supernatural. It's, it's a really great community. Um, I saw somebody post a poll, which by the way, the, the Supernatural subreddit, Chris, they have now banned polls forever. So we can no longer conduct polls there. But fortunately, this first season, we're able to conduct a few. So as we go through each segment on our recap, we will refer back to those polls because we did get quite a lot of feedback. Uh, going back to just initial impressions of the first season, you're right. Um, I, I saw a poll, again, before they were discontinued from the subreddit. What is your favorite season of the series? And quite a lot of few people, you know, a good few people listed season one, Chris, and I was one of them. Uh, I chimed in. I, I, you're a big fan of Lost. I have to be honest, I've never seen it, but um, I personally can't think of a better first season of a show that has gone longer than five seasons, right? I think that's important to know, Chris, because this series went for 15 seasons, right? Um, the fact that the first season is still relevant and still has legs, and you and I can still go back 15 years you know, later and look back at these episodes and say, yeah, they still really stand up you know, quite well. They, they hold up. Um, I think that's really impressive. And how about the pilot, Chris? We have to talk about the pilot. Arguably the best pilot, you know, for a, a drama series, a cable drama series. I mean, and we're going to talk about our, our top three favorite episodes, Chris, not to jump ahead here. But um, I have a feeling that one of us might have the pilot in there, if not, maybe our dark horse, right? The top top four, potentially. Yeah, I, I will say the pilot, when you talk about the pilot, it, it jumps right into it. It ends with my favorite line, which is... Uh, We've got work to do, which is yes. you hear it every week right here. Um, there's a reason that's how all these shows end, that we've got work to do. It's because that is so part of the show. It's ingrained in my head. Yeah. Um, and it connects back, obviously, when we get to the, the finale finale. Uh, but uh, a fantastic experience overall with this first season. And I've just really enjoyed it. But we've had a different experience, Dan. So I think it's important to talk to it. The experience of rewatching incrementally versus a binge. And it's been nice honestly as opposed to just going episode 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 mm -hmm. uh, to kind of watch this take a week after an episode or two and watch another one because i was getting that feeling of thinking about things and that's why i think we can to some extent have these deeper conversations about the show and to me that's important and for me it did feel like a, a reliving or a re-going through this again uh, mm -hmm. there were things i did not remember i was able to put deeper thought into them what did this, you know, why did this happen? Or I wonder what I would have done different, which is actually what I found really interesting. I found myself saying, what would I have done different? And that, for example, came up a lot after watching Bugs. Just thinking about how could that have been a better episode? Mm -hmm. uh, we talked a little about that on that episode of Bugs, if people want to go back and listen. Bugs. But yeah, but I, I just, I just, I really feel like, you know, you, you take a deeper dive when you, slow down a little bit so yeah uh, for me that was i think the biggest thing i i experienced with this because i loved watching it was on tv there is a little bit of a like a, oh i can't wait for next week but it's a different experience and nowadays we binge as just consumers of television products we binge yeah to watch it this way was kind of nice yeah, I, I think the wait between episodes, Chris, can really heighten your anticipation for the next one, right? With with streaming platforms like Netflix or Hulu or, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's Netflix uh, primarily that uh, has uh, Supernatural. But 
point being, whatever show you're watching, um, a lot of them will just give you all the episodes up front and you can watch them at your own pace, which in some cases is good. In our case, though, with Supernatural, the material is so rich and there's so much to notice and so much to forget or overlook that when you take the time to watch every episode and reflect on it like we have, um, you'll often find that you're catching details that maybe you didn't the first time or the second time or the third time, right? Chris, you and I have probably each watched this show. Um, personally, I've watched it three times. How many times do you think you've watched the entire thing? Roughly? This is this is my probably my third time, though my second time was sporadic. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, you and I are, are roughly the same. Um, now we we posted something on Reddit about this just to get an idea for you know what what do other people do with this show? Are you watching it incrementally? Are you watching it on a weekly basis? And I had somebody reply that I, I wanted to read, Chris, um, if, if if I may. So um, this comes from user uh, kh-38, and I'm just going to read the comment here because I thought it was quite nice, and um, personally I, I relate to it. So. Um, they say, I will always choose to rewatch Supernatural slowly. It allows time to think about the stories in more depth and absorb the nuances that are easily missed if binge watching. My friends and I started a rewatch after the show ended and we watch one episode a week meeting on Zoom to discuss sort of like we do here, Chris. It's been a great way to stay in touch during the pandemic and also a great way to relive the show's best moments as we walk the Winchester's road with them one step at a time. So, uh, you know, I mean, watching with friends is is one thing, but taking the time, like he said, to or, or she apologies to to watch each episode, absorb it, to talk about it and then to, you know, anticipate the next one is is really uh, rewarding, I find. So, again, this show, however you want to watch it or enjoy it, you're, you're going to you're going to enjoy it no matter what. But personally, doing this podcast, Chris, I feel like the show is still going on. Because when the show was still in the air, you had to wait a week, right? So doing this rewatch, you know, I actually look forward to seeing a new episode, despite the fact that I've already seen it. So anybody listening to this this rewatch podcast, uh, we encourage you to do the same. There has been uh, high demand for more episodes from us, Chris, possibly two a week uh, going into the new year, maybe more if we can afford it. But you and I watching once a week, again, has allowed us to, uh, you know, consume each episode put down our thoughts to paper and and talk about it and discuss all these different themes and, and details and the monsters. And every week gives us time to, to break it down. And I've, I've really quite enjoyed it. So um, this process, of course, we do it for the podcast, but I'm sure we're not the only ones that are, are taking it slow and acting as if you know we're watching for the first time again. You know, and, and speaking to that, I think that's one of the reasons why, as I was talking about it earlier, I still don't envision it being something where I was watching three or four or five and, trying to go it's not worth speeding through to me i certainly have no issue doing more um but i still think two episodes that's not bad um but i think it is worth the slow grind uh, because you do take in everything that's happening and and supernatural episodes are filled with a lot uh Mm -hmm. action comedy drama references yeah references pop cultural references the CW in particular has had many popular shows. To this day, they have popular shows. And mm-hmm. some of their shows, you could argue corny or what, whatever it may be. But what makes a good Supernatural episode is different, I think, for everybody. And historically speaking, if you take a show like the, like like this, like Supernatural, some will say, I like the lore. Other people say, I like the Monster of the Week episode. Uh, and that's 
that can be debated, right? And that's a personal opinion. I think it's worth discussing, though, about what for you makes a good Supernatural episode. So let, let's start with you on this one, Dan. I'm interested, what makes a good episode? We've talked about this a little bit throughout some of it, but let's like just really break this down about our own personal thoughts on the good episode in particular to what we've seen here in season one. Yeah, so it starts with the opening, right, Chris? This this first season, I would say maybe 75 to 80% of the episodes, that first you know three quarters of the season, um, the openings have been unrelated to the Winchesters, right? It's usually Monster of the Week. Uh, it's somebody that personally as an audience, we don't know yet. Um, and those have been, depending on the episode, hit or miss for me. I think once we go beyond season five, those opening scenes, and maybe that's not fair. Maybe we go uh, up to season 10 even, because I think season 11 through 15, it's it's very much about the Winchesters and we lose some of that monster of the week, um, you know, innocent bystander material that we're used to those first 10 seasons. But for me, that opening is so crucial to getting my head wrapped around the episode. Um, I, I read this uh quote uh in a a food magazine the other day chris a food critic said the very first thing they put in their mouth at a restaurant can determine how they interpret the rest of the meal and i think that's very similar to supernatural if the opening is really corny or maybe i just don't get it or maybe you know in this first case chris season one maybe the cgi isn't fantastic it can kind of take me out of the episode and maybe i won't be as invested right so for me the very first thing it's a suspenseful opening. I want to care about the characters, despite the fact that they're on the screen for maybe 90 seconds in some cases, right? Um, but also the cinematography. Sometimes the openings are too dark. Um, and I mean, like technically speaking, like the lighting. Um, sometimes I, I, I just don't understand why I should care about the characters because two minutes later, you know, the, the opening scene is, is almost irrelevant to the rest of the plot. So to start my list, Chris, the opening scene is very important. Um, and I will also add the, uh, the season, um, what do we call that? The, the opening credit, uh, that little display there, we ran a poll, Chris on Reddit and a lot of people responded to this. Um, so <laughs> let me open that up because I think that's, uh, it was really interesting to see what people said. Um, a lot of people said season four, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Chris, do you have a, a favorite one just off the top of your head? Can you remember? Oh, you know, the there are some really cool ones around. I don't I don't remember if it's around. We'll get there. But around the time when Castiel is coming in and like there's the one with the wings. There's like yep. one where these big wings sprout out. And I'd have to double. I'll, I'll come back uh, to this one at some point. But uh, I that one I seem to remember. Uh, there's also there's they're just they're so different from season to season that it is. They are. Really yeah. Cool thing to. Look, you look forward to it. It's similar to the decaying nature, actually, that I talk about on The Walking Dead. How, if as you watch The Walking Dead's opening yes. stuff, the the opening is decaying more and more. I just love that they and Supernatural they've changed this, and it it does reflect the season that is occurring at that time. Yeah, it's really cool. I think you're referring to season four, Chris, which was the highest voted comment uh, in that post. Uh, the, the flapping wings, the distant screaming, sort of the, the angel. That is it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's it. I yep. apparently agree with Reddit. Yes. Yeah. Season nine got some votes, but mostly season four, season nine, uh, season three and season five. Those were the top four. So so yeah, for, for me, at least at the, the very beginning, that opening scene is crucial for, for a good episode. The next thing here, Chris, you got to have a good guest star, right? Um, we're going to talk about our favorite guest star in just a minute here, but 
in my opinion, season one, the guest stars have been hit or miss. Um, these last five or six episodes, um, closer to the finale, I feel like they've been very good. But the guest star for me can do a lot for the plot. And I'll give an example. Uh, Sarah. Um, you I know, you're going here. I knew it. I, I, I had a feeling you did. Yeah. So, so Sam's love interest, Sarah, I really enjoyed her, not because of the chemistry, but I thought that her being in that episode allowed the writers to have Sam and Dean talk about being a hunter without it feeling clunky, right? Having them talk about, you know, what they can do, what they can't do between each other sometimes can feel out of place. And it's obvious that they're trying to feed us, the audience, some information. But if you have a good guest character, um, you can actually incorporate that in the dialogue without it feeling strange or out of place. And within that episode, um, I really felt like she brought the best out of Jensen and Jared. So uh, an interesting guest star, uh, guest character. That's my number two here, Chris. And then finally, you need drama and you need humor. But I think you need to split that evenly, 50-50. Jensen and Jared are, are so good with the drama, but I also feel like they're really funny. And you can feel that when you watch any of the con footage, right? Anytime they're in front of a stage of fans. Um, I think they're just really, really funny. And when the writers can strike that balance between getting a laugh, but also having these really heavy moments, Chris, and there have been a ton in season one, um, that balance allows the episode to feel well-rounded. Um, and because personally, I think uh, Jensen in particular, that is really his strength teetering between being kind of the, the cheeky asshole, but also, you know, <laughs> uh, Jensen, I'm sorry. We know you watch this show. Uh, being the cheeky asshole, but also like he's, he's really witty and sharp and quick. Um, if you can give him the material to, to be that, you know, that character uh, intermittently, he, you know, he really shines. And I'm looking forward to seeing him on, uh, on The Boys, Chris, because I feel like his character on that show is, is going to do exactly that. He's going to be an asshole, but also we're going to have to feel bad for him at some point. Right. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that show. But for me, those, those are my top three things. If, if you really want a great supernatural episode, you have to hit all three. For me, you hit on a few things. I do think the opening is important. I do want a strong monster. It does not necessarily have to be lore per se. It could be in terms of like, it has to be good lore, a good character in lore. Uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing if it's a demon or anything like that, but it does need to be a strong monster uh, in that it's interesting. When you throw something out there that's been on the show constantly, it's not a bad thing per se. A vampire story can be very interesting, even if we've seen a vampire story before. But we have to kind of hit on that in an interesting way. That mix of humor with the lore, I think, is important. So I think of it in the sense of how can we have fun in these scenarios? So how do we have fun in these dramatic situations? And that's where I agree with you very much on the mix of humor and drama, though I see it very much in how do they face the situations? How do they bring humor into dark situations to yeah. lighten the mode a little bit and not make mm -hmm. it feel like it's not a horror movie per se, though the first season is significantly darker, as you've mentioned. I do think there's a bonus for an interesting guest star. Um, but for me, what I'm really looking for is a well-balanced episode that makes mm -hmm. me ultimately have feelings about the situation, uh, but be able to laugh a little bit. 
I am, I will say, a fan of the Monster of the Week. Always have been, always will be. Um, But as we get into later seasons, I do get invested in those characters and their journeys when it's less about that. Um, In this early season, though, I think we get a lot of great monster episodes. And I think it's a good reason to talk about some of those episodes, Dan. Um, I know you mentioned earlier our favorite episodes. I have to tell you, I thought a lot about this. And in the end, I come back to the pilot. Wow. And I and I think I go back to the pilot. And I debate Scarecrow because Scarecrow was a fantastic episode. Um, but I go back to the pilot because it gets you hooked and I could rewatch it. If that is on TV, I will watch it. It is just a solid episode. It ends, as I noted uh, earlier with that with that line, we've got work to do. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the monster. There's a great story there. There's a bit of action with the car crashing into the old house. Um which I still say Dean would be really much more angry in later seasons if Sam did that, but it's just a great mix and a good introduction to me. It stands out, but my number two, and I think if it wasn't the pilot, if it wasn't the thing that got it going, the pilot would not be my number one, but I'm going to give it an edge only for that because scarecrow. I talked about it. I love the episode scarecrow scarecrow has this really interesting lore to it. It's got some fantastic guest stars, as you've mentioned. Scarecrow as an episode is just solid. And I would say Scarecrow is my favorite if the pilot is not the pilot. The pilot being the pilot makes it edge. I have to give an edge somewhere, right? I kind of tie them. I got to give the tie tiebreaker to that because it's the pilot that introduces the show that gets you going. So that's the reason I say that. So just putting that out there. Yeah, and before you jump into your your third favorite episode, Chris, we posted uh, a poll on Reddit too, and the people agree. Well, you know, they, they actually uh, they gave Scarecrow their favorite episode of season one. So we had three hundred and seventy three replies. Twenty five percent of people said Scarecrow was the best episode. Twenty one percent said Wendigo, which is interesting. That's on not my list, not your list, no. Chris. And then in third place, we have Faith with 19% of the vote. So um, it's really quite close, actually, when you look at these numbers. Um, It's really just a matter of, you know, less than a dozen votes between them. So the people also like Scarecrow. Um, So I don't think you have any apologies to make. Uh, Apparently, it's, you know, a a fan favorite. No, like I said, I I only give the edge because it's the pilot. And I think you have to give a little respect to the fact that this is what they chose to launch with. Uh, Yeah. Number three for me, Home. Uh, Home is just a wonderful episode. It tells a great mm-hmm. backstory. Uh, it introduces a wonderful character in Missouri. I yes. think it just sets a great stage for the second half of the season. And so that one is there. I do want to throw an honorable mention in. Uh, Faith is a stellar episode. I don't think it's in the top three for me, but I have to throw an honorable mention to it. It's definitely in the top five. So Faith, um, uh, with that, the idea of it, that Dean is dying and Sam's going to go out there. And this introduction of a grim reaper, I, it's just a really cool one, especially when you think about how important the, the grim reaper character or, or, you know, d- is important to that plot. We don't meet death, but we meet arguably someone who's as close to looking like death as the first death that we meet. So uh, it's a, it's a pretty great episode in my opinion. Yeah. It's a, and it's a great transition. Uh, Faith is my favorite episode of season one, Chris. And I will also say that Kripke, the creator of Supernatural, also lists this as his favorite episode. So I'm not alone. 
uh, as you just said, faith does so many wonderful things. But what I'll say is that faith, after I saw that episode, I understood what Supernatural was as a show. But more than that, I could see what it was capable of, what they could do, where they were going, what what the cast was capable of. As you said, Dean is dying in that episode. Sam is a mess. You can see that he's willing to do anything to get his brother to be better, right? Um, the introduction of, of Reapers. I mean, so early on in season one, the fact that they introduced Reapers, it, it's quite a an ambitious thing to, to throw that out there in such an early episode. Um, yeah, Faith for me, the performances are fantastic. Um, all those things that we just said, Chris, that make a good episode, Faith hits it on the head, all three, and so early on in season one. So I had to give Faith my number one uh, favorite episode there. Number two is Home. So we have this in common, Chris. It was it was your number three. Uh, it's my number two. And, and for the same reasons that you just said, Missouri. Um, if you know, we're going to get into favorite guest star, I'll jump ahead here, Chris. Uh, Missouri is also my favorite guest star. So there you go. I just think that um, as a whole, Supernatural, they do a lot of things right. The one thing they didn't do enough of was get deeper into the Hunter lore. And for me, seeing Missouri, a psychic with, you know, abilities to sense spirits and, and, and a myriad of other things. The fact that they didn't hit on that more and give her more screen time or just dive a little bit deeper into that lore, right? The Hunter lore. Um, for me, it was always a disappointment. And I hope that this prequel series that Jensen is, is heading up, um, I, I really hope that they dive deeper into that. Not just Missouri, not just John, but Hunters in general. Um, season one really did a great job at teasing what the Hunter life is like. We learned about the cult, Chris, the fact that hunters were on horseback hunting vampires in the 1800s. I mean, that is the coolest thing I have ever heard. I, I will watch a prequel that's just the Wild West doing that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and this episode, Home, is sort of John's origin story, right? We heard from Missouri that John... You know, he, he had to deal with the death of his wife, had no idea what the hell was going on. And Missouri showed him the light in the darkness. And the episode is just fantastic. It's the boys going back to their hometown. Uh, we had spent a large portion of season one uh, hearing them talk about it, uh, struggle with their past. So finally, we get to go back to their home. We see Mary Winchester. Uh, we see John. Uh, we see Missouri. It's just it's got everything you could possibly have. It was very close for me, Chris, having faith in home between number one and number two. Yeah, understand. Number three. Number three is Devil's Trap. Okay. Now, I struggled with this one, Chris, but I gave it number three because uh, you and I are Marvel fans. And I imagine that a lot of other people that listen to this, you know, might also be uh, Marvel fans. Devil's Trap, while it's a good episode, it felt like a collection of post-credit scenes. Okay. In that, Every single scene tended to tease something that would come either in season two or season three or season four or season five. It, it, it did a lot to set up the series as a whole. The only reason it didn't get number one or number two is because it felt more like we were stringing together future plot points rather than a cohesive episode. So I give it number three because, of course, we meet Bobby, right? Um, we learn about the devil's trap. Uh, we get closer to Yellow Eyes. 
Um, but really, it gets my vote because it does a great job at world building and establishing the lore. And and uh, I mean, come on, the way the way it closed out season one and introduces season two, that semi truck destroying the Impala. I mean, you can't write a better ending for season one. Well, it's so interesting that you mentioned this because I I highly considered this. I'd say it probably is in the top five for much of the same reasons that you note. Um, as I said, Scarecrow just. It's too good of an episode for me to not include. Uh, but Bobby is introducing that. And Bobby, you've already said your favorite guest star. Bobby's my favorite guest star. I yeah. think he's such a pivotal character. He gets so much screen time in that episode in particular. And he's phenomenal. They learn so much from him. And in that episode, um, and with that character, they learn to truly be hunters. John starts to teach them. But it's really Bobby who teaches the boys to be hunters the best hunters that they could be and the hunters that are needed to do the job that they do for the next 14 seasons. So for me, Bobby is my favorite guest star. His introduction is perfect. He's grumpy old dude, man, <laughs> you know, yep. he, and, and has his issues with John, but he will do anything for those boys. Those boys yeah. are family to him and he becomes a second father. And that's important. And I think he's a character that you come to love. Um, I mean, when we, when you think about uh, the fact that when the show ends, you know, this is someone Dean sees. So, you know, it, it, it's powerful. Oh, yeah. And again, this is a rewatch. We know these things, we know stuff that's going to happen. We know a lot of these characters we're talking about are going to die. Missouri, we're not going to see again. So it's, it's interesting when you talk about these characters, but Bobby to me is the pivotal character. There's some great characters. I do think um, I would have liked to see more of uh, Jessica or find mm -hmm. some way that we get a little bit more of like, you know, Sam and Jessica prior to, and um, did he ever, you know, almost tell her, I don't know what, I don't even know what they would have got. I would have been interested in what they did with Jessica, but I don't in any way think Jessica had ever been, my top guest star because you've got Bobby, you've got Missouri and you've got, um, <laughs> I have to say it, the ghost facers because yes. they're just, you remember them and they introduced the prank episode, which I just think is a lot of fun. So um, I think in the end, Bobby, easy pick for me. You've already mentioned Missouri, but I know we've got the Reddit poll results from this one too. And Bobby won 44% according to what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Ghost facers 26 and Missouri 12%. So, Bobby dominating that poll from Reddit. I'm going to miss those polls on Reddit, apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bring them so, back. Yeah. Bobby, definitely uh, a big fan um, on, on Reddit there. But look, one of the things that you've, you, you and I were talking about is that these, this theme of your own most unpopular opinion. Um, yes. And we thought we'd hit on it with the season one recap. We're talking across the whole show here. Uh, but unpopular opinion and it, it this was something that i've seen mentioned a few times it's really interesting um for me i was thinking about this and i asked i posed the question if i was to go hunting i had to pick sam or dean who are yes. gonna pick and i and i was thinking to myself and the reason i say unpopular is because i think a lot of my think i i do think most people would pick dean i think overall yeah. dean he's the hunter right yep but i just I can't help, and this will be no shock to anyone, but I think my opinion would be, no, I would pick Sam because I'd go into any situation 10 times more prepared. Mm -hmm. um, now, I recognize, it's funny, as I say this, I also recognize that one of us might have to go because if it comes to a situation where someone's got to sacrifice themselves, I feel like 
especially in early seasons, Sam is going to say, all right, one of us has to do it. And that's it. That sucks. Yeah. Um, not Dean, because Dean's I know always going to protect you, which maybe makes him the better person to go on a hunt with. But for me, the person I would want to go on a hunt with, and I guarantee you, guarantee you it's going to be unpopular, is I would choose Sam. Um, but I know mo- I know I've, if I talk to most people, they'd say I'd, I'd pick Dean. Like, I'd come mm-hmm. out of there alive. Um, I don't necessarily think Sam's a bad hunter. In season one, if I was just picking into season one, maybe I'd be mean, lean towards Dean. But I, I just, in the end, think Sam really becomes a complete package in this department. And um, yeah, but I don't think that's a popular opinion by any means. I think Dean is going to be the one people lead with there. Now, if you're telling yeah. me Bobby, Bobby, John, Sam, or Dean, I'm taking Bobby. But but that I'm pretty sure would be a fairly popular opinion to consider, you know, taking Bobby with you on a hunt because Bobby knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think personally, I would probably take Dean, Chris. So I would say you're probably right. That probably is an unpopular opinion to take Sam. Well, I think at least 50 percent difference here. So, yeah. And you know what it is? I I think that uh, Dean is very instinctual, but he is also taking inventory of the situation at all times. Sam, on the other hand, is uh, very much not instinctual, but he is not afraid to do you know whatever it takes to get the job done, right? As seen in the season five finale, he is quite literally willing to throw himself into hell forever to save the world. Dean yeah. could have saved the world by shooting his own dad, you know, episode 21 of season one, and didn't do it because he values family. Is that selfish of Dean? Probably. So, you know, when you say you'd rather take Sam, I don't think that's, I mean, it's certainly unpopular, but I think it would be closer than you might imagine, Chris. It's, maybe it's more logical. More logical. Yes, <laughs> I would say so. What about you? Yeah, un- unpopular opinion. So anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that I am a John Winchester defender. I am unashamed. Um, to quote Marvel, John Winchester was right. Um, that's a Thanos joke for those listening. Uh, listen, John Winchester gets a lot of flack and let me just, I'll be quick here, Chris, and then I'll get off my soapbox. Okay. I think that John Winchester did exactly what he had to do to not, not only, you know, uh, redeem his family, but also he's one of the few people that saw quite possibly the worst thing that planet earth or humanity has ever seen right in yellow eyes. And we know Chris, after watching season one, there are quite a lot of families that lost their mother and had their newborn child, um, selected if you will. Right. Sam was one, but we did meet max, right. The other, and we know that there are a ton of other children like them out there. Max's father, as we learned, he became an alcoholic and decided to beat his kid. And that was his way of dealing with it. Right. At least John Winchester saw what the fuck was going on here and decided to say, hey, I'm going to do my best to beat this thing because I'm an ex-Marine and you're not going to take my wife, kill her, do God knows what with her and expect me to lie on my back and take it. You know, John Winchester said, no, I'm going to find you. I'm going to hunt you down. I'm going to teach my two boys how to do the exact same thing. And you're not you're not I'm not going down without a fight. And I really respect that out of John Winchester. Now, did he treat his boys, you know, like soldiers? Yes, he did. Okay, you got me there. But could have been a lot worse for those boys. They could have ended up like Max. They could have ended up in a boarding school. He could have ditched them all together. Um, so, look, for the people that are saying John Winchester's a bad father, 
Of course he was. Of course he was. Was he the worst father, though? Did he do anything outside of, you know, what you might do if you were in that situation? I'm going to argue no, Chris. So that's my unpopular opinion. I think John Winchester was, um, you know, he he went through a unfathomable um, situation. And the fact that he was able to accomplish what he did after it is is incredible to me. So So that's it. I'm done. John Winchester was right. <laughs> well, look, one of the things before we actually jump into, I think we we did want to talk about some fun things such as adjacent shows to to this. I do want to say when it comes down to it, is there a moment that jumps out to you in this in this first season? Um, I, I have a few that that kind of stand out to me. There's yeah. these there's this moment where Sam and Dean split up, as an example, and go different mm. ways. Yeah. And what I as I think back to it, it's not necessarily a great moment, right? But in that moment, you're inside, I think, saying, no, what are you guys doing? You can't split up. Like, this isn't what you do. But the fact that I remember that moment and then feel in in inside, like, this can't last. They have to come back together. And they do it as quickly as they do. They don't. They didn't do it in an extended way at this point. Um, it really was a nice moment when you see them come back together, say you know move on and there's almost this moment of what what do you want me to say sorry you know you want me to say uh thank you <laughs> like it's yeah. it, it, it you're not going to get that but um i said the other thing that i point out in, in this and my favorite moments in this is there's the conversation we talked about this few weeks ago where sam talks with his dad and the line it really is what did you do at my college fund he said i bought ammo yeah. And they laugh and it's this really lighthearted moment in the most serious of things where it's like, that's where, as you talked about in the last episode, Sam's done with the idea of college. That's actually where I think he's done with the idea of college. When he's mm. laughing about money that could have gone to college, going to ammo. That's when he said, that's when he's accepted. This is my life. So yeah, um, those are just some moments that stood out to me that I wanted to talk about. It's a great one. Uh, for me, Chris, it, it comes from episode 13, Route 666, where we meet Dean's last girlfriend, Cassie. Um, there was a, a post on Reddit that I replied to. Uh, the question was, what was the best thing to ever happen to Dean Winchester? And my reply was uh, reconnecting with Sam. Because in that episode, Chris, we started to learn what Dean had been going through the last three years. And that's not something that he was willing to talk about until he had to go face to face with his, you know, ex flame, his last girlfriend. So we learned in that episode that, um, Dean had fallen very deeply in love with Cassie and actually could see himself building a family with her. And the great dilemma of Dean Winchester, Chris, is that Dean values family more than anything. And he goes his whole life without ever having one. I mean, he gets a few years with a family, you know, in between seasons within the overall series but um we learned that he was with cassie was very ready to settle down hunker in but when it came down to being honest with cassie and um you know just kind of letting go of his past dean was unable to do it and we learned about this big fight that he got in Cass uh, with cassie um he told cassie that his family was notorious for being hunters, right? Uh, Sam was perplexed by that. Sam never told Jessica that he was a hunter, or that his family was hunters. So the fact that Dean 
was so in love with this one woman that he gave away the family secret and then felt the need to run away from her just like speaks volumes about Dean and who his character is. And it also teases, you know, the next four seasons because we learn that Dean's self-worth is so low. He has such a low self-esteem despite, despite the fact that he is always flirting with women, making jokes. Right. So Dean being my favorite character, this was a moment that really stood out to me. We got to learn more about Dean. We kind of saw behind the curtain, if you will, Chris, of who Dean really is, what he's afraid of, what he's willing to do to hide his feelings. So um, this episode actually was probably my number four uh, favorite episode, Chris. So that moment in particular is probably one that that stands out the most for me. Really great. Uh, I will say one thing we did want to talk about before we end, because this is a show and it means we liked other shows. The uh, predecessor to the show is one of my favorite adjacent shows, which is The X-Files. There's many connections to The X-Files. I've mentioned it. They have the same kind of monster of a week versus lore. And arguably the best episodes of The X-Files were the monsters of a week. X-Files is also a show that I would say that its best seasons are seasons one through five. So ah. there's a ton of parallels. Now it Interesting. I you could argue maybe six seasons worth, but seven, eight, and nine it starts to you know in particular that show David Duchovny actually wasn't in completely all the last few seasons, so it, it was getting to a point because of contracts and things. But those first five episodes of the X Files, uh, first seasons of the X Files, are so strong. So there's a lot of parallels in terms of shows, and it's a great pair. It's a great partnership, and I'm a fan of the X Files. I was not a fan of putting Mulder and Scully together in the show at any point, I actually thought they worked great as partners and there was no reason to change that. Uh, so I view a lot of similarities um, in the sense of how they were, as, uh, you know, how they well, will they work together as characters much like Sam and Dean do. So that's my kind of adjacent show, but I just go back and it, it, you talk about dark. That's, I think the last thing I would say is they're very often on the X-Files. They're just dark hallways with flashlights and you hardly see anything on the screen. So yeah, kind of parallels that I, I just, if you have not watched the X files, I mean, I don't believe supernatural as a show exists because these writers actually got experience from the X files uh, without the X files. I, I don't think you have supernatural. So that's my adjacent show that I would say is my favorite. Um, someone say you're going to think I'd say lost because of supernatural stuff and everything. But um, uh, X files to me is the one, cause it's just too, close and too connected to the show yeah i'll be honest chris i, I haven't seen much of the x-files um my dad was a big fan so he showed me his favorite so i could probably recite a couple of those to you but i certainly haven't watched all five seasons that you're referring to so i i have to get on that um you know i, I brought this topic up in this recap chris because it's something i see um on the subreddit a lot right if you like supernatural what show should i watch next i have two uh, they are very different. One is a reality show and one uh, is actually a drama on Netflix. So I'll start with the reality show. It's a show called Ghost Adventures. I've told you about this show before, Chris. Um, this show follows a group of three or four guys, depending on what season you jump into. But the show starts out with a guy by the name of Zach Bagans or Zach Baggins. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but uh, he... Apparently, he says that he saw a ghost once as a young boy and decided to spend the rest of his life trying to track down and document other ghosts. OK, so this isn't a scripted show. Um, it's it's not one that has a ton of exposition or, or writing or special effects, uh, virtually none. It, it follows this guy 
and his buddies, and they go and visit abandoned buildings, Chris. They go to um, retired hospitals, every kind of you know haunted location that you could think of. They go to these locations with um, EMFs. They go there with uh, digital recorders, right? Can- every single camera you could think of when it comes to ghost hunting. And depending on the season, depending on the episode, the evidence is actually, whether or not you believe it, it's very entertaining because... I mean, they, they do a fantastic job. The equipment that they must lug around the country is impressive. Um, they're in there locked in oftentimes. They have locks on the door so that they can't be experiencing outside phenomenon, right? So it's 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 very contained. Um, the episodes are an hour long. So especially around Halloween time, Chris, I'll, I'll run a marathon where I watch, you know, the top 10 best ghost adventure episodes. And it's really quite fun. I, I want to say they're probably... 13 or 14 seasons in and they 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 go from the u.s to scotland they go to south america i mean all over the place uh graveyard it's, it's very interesting and if you like supernatural um i really think you would like ghost adventures and again whether you believe in ghosts or not uh it's very entertaining um so that's ghost adventures i'll move on now to a scripted show chris i don't know if you've seen this yet it's called midnight mass on netflix or have you heard of it i i've heard of it but i have not seen it okay so this came out uh this year uh around halloween time i believe and it's it's something i've been wanting and looking for that i haven't encountered yet so i don't want to give too much away because if anybody's listening definitely check it out right now it's again it's on netflix um, it's less than 10 episodes. I want to say each episode is maybe 40 to 45 minutes, but essentially it follows a small town that, um, loses their priest. Okay. And, uh, are met with a new priest and the new priest starts to have abilities and he starts to heal townspeople. Um, in particular, there's a, a little girl that he helps and later on, and, and I'm, I'm towing the line here, Chris, because it's such a good show. I don't want to give anything away, but if you like Supernatural, this show in particular has some vampire lore mixed with angel slash demon lore. And I'll leave it at that. It's a fantastic show. Go and watch it right now. Um, the cast is fantastic. The writing is incredible. The lore itself is is really, man, I hope they have season two. I don't know if they can do a season two because of how it ends, but it's very interesting. The producers of that show need to make a new one because... Um, it kept me at the edge of my seat, Chris. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, my understanding with that show is that it was a limited series, so I don't know if you get your wish for another one. Uh, hate Damn to it. tell you. <laughs> it's probably the case. Yeah. You know, we did want to end on something fun, Dan. I, I have to say that I think it's a little different. I've, I've mentioned kind of my experience at the FDR house where there yes. was like this bird statue thing. But I, I got to tell you um, from a personal ghost story perspective, because have we're not going to, for what it's worth, I don't think you and I have a vampire story. So I think our ghost story is better. Unfortunately not. Yeah, no. I don't know if it's unfortunately. It might be fortunately. Uh, think of, think about Dean. Uh, so I would, <laughs> I would, I would say this. Uh, I had a, my buddy Patrick when I was a kid. Always told me, because I would stay over at his house every once in a while, like sleepover. And uh, he'd say, if you hear noise at night, don't worry about it. Were you a like, young boy, Chris? Like under 10? I was probably 12, probably okay. 12. I don't know. Something like that. Like, but if you're noise in the attic, don't worry about it. I'm like, what, yeah. what's going on in the attic? He goes, it's a weird thing to say to your friend before you go to sleep. I, I know. I don't think, I don't know if it was delivered to me exactly that way, but he goes, he goes, <laughs> we have a ghost in the house. 
it, there's nothing wrong. Like the ghost is friendly. Like uh-huh. doesn't cause any problems. I'm like, I'm like what do you do? You have a ghost? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, I'll tell you the story. All we know is there's a ghost and, um, it, and it, it's, it's, you know, we, we think it's a woman and she's just dancing like in the attic. Oh my gosh. And I, and I, and I just remember. And so we did, I did hear the noise. Um, I don't want to sit there and say, I saw the dance, like a dress dancing in the air. So, because I didn't go up there, but he, there was a noise in the attic. This happened multiple times. It was consistent. So to this day, I believe his house was haunted. There was some woman dancing in the attic. Um, but I always cracked up about that because I just remember being told, like, what, what's happening? Um, wow. I had, like, UFO stories and stuff as a kid. Like, legitimately, yeah. legitimately, like, my one friend's house on every, every, I think it was, like, Saturday night at 2.59 p.m. or 3 p.m. There was, like, this light that flashed and he, in the sky, or and, like, there was a weird thing. And I was, like, now, in reality, it was probably, like, a floodlight or something that someone had, but as a kid, like you're hearing these things, right? In this case, yeah, it was consistent. Always the noise in the attic. So I just wow. believe that was a dancing ghost. Quick so. follow-up question, Chris. Uh, I know your your hometown was sort of an older one, right? Do you think the house was an older house? Would you categorize it as like a no, early eighteen well, hundreds? Yeah, it was an older house. It was uh like a farm style. So very much, very much okay. so. Yeah. Got it. So I, I I'm the first to say, I mean could have been a ghost up there i don't know i mean unless a rat lived a really long time up there but uh yeah they they were stuck on that was a ghost and the entire family believed it so i i wasn't going to challenge them on it no and that would be you know a very heavy rat to be making a noise that you could hear (laughs) (laughs) above you yes you heard it i'll tell you you could hear it there was dancing i think there was music i'm i i think there was like a some music and like but again the whole now it's so long ago so i always like am cautious as i tell it because i i like i said it's been a while so details deteriorate but i do remember the consistency to it which is the the piece that i think stands out is that yeah it's always consistently happened there might be other details i'm missing you know what i mean but it at a certain point i just kind of didn't care and i dealt with it and it was what it was so we didn't really think about it much as a kid yeah no you wouldn't and the fact that he warned you ahead of time you yeah. kind of just take his word for that, right? You don't really challenge it. You just accept no. it. And then later well, I on, I didn't need to worry. go searching for it at the time, I guess was my feeling. So, yeah. Wow. That's, that's quite the ghost story. I have one of my own, Chris, and we're ending with this. So um, I'll be quick. I don't have a, a ton of detail. I don't have an explanation for what I've encountered. And I've never told you this story either, Chris. This is brand new, brand new to you as well. Um, my first job was at, a uh, ice rink slash arcade slash laser tag arena. Okay. So it was a very large building in my hometown, Um, but it wasn't always that it used to be a community pool. Now I wasn't alive when it was a pool. I'm, I'm told that it opened sometime in the thirties and closed sometime in the seventies. Now the, the story that went around when I, started working at this arena, uh, around 16, I was, I was pretty young, right. Um, I I needed a ride to and from work. So I was, I was still young. I wasn't 12, but I was certainly old enough to know what's weird and what's not weird. Um, but the, um, the, the guys that drove the Zamboni crush, the guys that, uh, cleaned the ice after the games, they were older and, 
and I can't be sure whether or not they were just messing with me or if it was actually lore behind the building, right? But apparently, before the building was created that I worked in, the pool was quite large. Um, and the story was that a little girl uh, and her grandfather had drowned in the pool, okay? Uh, the girl had gone in um, unattended, went in the pool, and was drowning. And her grandfather had gone in after her. He couldn't swim. And they both drowned in the pool. So that's the story that I was told. Okay. And I started at 16. As I said, um, I would work late hours, Chris, I would get there around three o'clock after school. And I'm, I'm probably in high school at this point. So, you know, I, I, I really don't have any reason to believe in ghosts. Um, Chris, real quick. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. hundred percent. Okay. I'm not sure if I do. So I, I tell this story with a bit of, um, a bit of doubt. Okay. But I know what I saw. So I'm going to tell you what happened here. <clears throat> so I was working laser tag. Um, it was a Friday night, same old Fridays were quite busy for us. I was there till around 11 every night. We closed at 11. Um, laser tag was the last thing to close because ice skating ended around 10. The arcade closed around 10. So the only people in the building would have been me, my closing manager and anybody else that was a customer. So I was maybe 17 at the time. I'd been working there for a year and uh, we were closing up. So that meant uh, I had to kick the last party out of laser tag. I had to sweep a little bit. I had to mop and then I had to lock all the doors. So I was getting everything done. I was walking away from laser tag. It's a very large building, Chris, mind you. Very large. Um, I, I don't have anything to compare it to, but if you could imagine a full scale ice rink, we had three of them throughout the building. That is large because a full scale ice rink is, I don't know the dimensions, but that's quite big, especially if it's a regulation size one. Yes. And it was so, so laser tag was kind of tucked in the back. So to go from laser tag to the arcade, which is something I had to do often, it was quite a bit of walking, right? So I had gotten everything done. Everybody was at a laser tag. I was cleaning up the arcade. And I was on my way back from laser tag to arcade when I saw uh, a man uh, just sitting, reading a newspaper on one of like the tables on the side here. Um, and I didn't think about it at the time, but he, he was dressed like he was from like a 1920s movie. He was wearing one of those old paperboy hats. Um, he had like a blazer on like, like he shouldn't have been at a laser tag arena at 11 p.m. on a Friday. Right. Kind of a weird place to be. So just not even thinking about it, Chris, at the corner of my eye, kind of look at him and I say, hey, sorry, man, like we're closing. You, you got to head out of here. And he, he didn't respond to me, which was fine. Um, I just I wanted to go close laser tag. And when I got back, I was hoping he was gone. Right. And that's exactly what happened. I went to laser tag. I locked everything up. I turn around and there's nobody there. So I said, OK, great. Time to go home. I'm tired. Uh, sticky. You're often sticky when you leave this job because there's a lot of children running around. So I, I, I make my way down the arcade, which takes me about 10 minutes. Like I said, it's a very large building. And uh, my manager comes out to me and he says, uh, all clear. Is there anybody left? And I said, no, there's, there's, there was some old man sitting on the side at the table, like reading a newspaper. Did he make his way out? And he said, an old man? Uh, no, I haven't seen anybody in like 30 minutes. And I said, no, that's, that's not possible. He was just outside of uh, Yellow Rink, which is the rink next to, to Laser Tag, Chris. 
And he said, well, uh, no, you know, we, we haven't seen anybody that matches that description. And it's been an hour since we've even seen an adult. We should probably check. So, Chris, we spent the next 20 or 30 minutes going around the building looking for a man that matched that description and couldn't find anybody. In fact, the doors were locked between the red and the blue rink, which were the two bigger rinks. Um, and there was no exterior exit. There was no exit in the back and the exit in the front had already been locked. So I'm thinking I'm crazy, right? Because I saw this guy reading a newspaper, which in my head was very strange. And now my manager is telling me that, sorry, Dan, like I, I can't find anybody that matches that description. So to this day, Chris, I still think that, um, that man was sitting there reading his newspaper right before his, I don't know, before his granddaughter drowned in a pool, uh, oh. maybe his last seconds before, before he bit the bullet. I don't know, but that's my story. It was the strangest thing I've, I've ever encountered in my life. I don't know if it was a ghost, but we weren't able to see or track that man for the rest of the night. That is a fantastic story. Um, I, I'd be interested if anyone does have a good ghost story, uh, drop us like a three to five minute ghost story in the link that I provide in the show notes. Your, your interesting ghost story. And when we come back, we'll, we'll we can uh, actually build a whole thing around your favorite ghost stories, your, the stories and the things you've potentially experienced. Um, that's fantastic. Dan, thanks for sharing that. That's uh, I, you, I a, think you might've seen a ghost there. Like, I, yeah, it was, it was very weird. And now that I think about it, he almost seemed like he was in like a black and white filter, Chris. Like he, like I, I don't remember him having any color to him. If that makes any sense, um, I, I can, I get it. It's almost like the, like the black and white suit kind of just blends in. And that I suppose, yeah. Like, uh, that hey, it's when it comes down to it, I do believe in ghosts. So that kind of stuff always interests me. Um, we certainly know Sam and Dean believe in ghosts. We thank everybody for following the story of Sam and Dean with us. This has been fun to kind of recap, talk about some other stuff uh, in relation to Supernatural and the Supernatural world. Uh, if you've enjoyed all that you've heard in this first season, we hope you will come back with us for a second season. Uh, we're going to have some fun. As we said, our first episode of season two will drop the first friday of january but we're going to drop not one but two episodes there for you and we're going to try to proceed ahead with uh a two for you know you know once or twice a month this this point going forward when reasonable when we're able to do it um as dan said it is important that we're able to watch take the episodes in and really be able to speak to them plus collecting some of the facts and those sort of things is really important so uh we do want to make sure we can do that and respectfully do it well because uh, when it comes down to it, otherwise, you know, we could just sit here and talk about every action that took place in the show and call it. But that won't be interesting, Dan. Um, so with all that, I implore you all to share the first season with your friends, your family, your, who do like Supernatural. Let them know we want to come back big and strong for season two. And that will be it for this week. That will be it for this season. But we will be back season two because after all we've got work to do